welcome back to another episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm Venture. This is Hannah. We got a great episode for you guys today. Go ahead and tell the listener your name and where you're from. Uh, my name is Nikki Rivera Delia, and I am from right here in Long Beach, California. Long mm. Beach, yes. That's going to be really good because obviously you are in real estate. You know, I am. that's how we got connected. And my favorite part is when people ask, like, how did you find me? As if I'm some sort, as if you were hiding, you know, and like I'm some sort of a stalker or something like that. The cool part with this show is we just kind of get together and we're like, who do we want to have on? Like, what is sort of an industry that we can unpack and then kind of see like the type of people that are really thriving in this industry and just kind of see what they're all about, right? So it's very natural, very casual, and we're just having a conversation. It's not like an interview or anything like that. That's so awesome. thank no, you for coming on. The first time we talked when we were talking about this and I was like, I am actively trying not to hide. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you were able to find me and we were able to connect. Definitely. Let's try to get the mic just a little bit into it. Yeah, right there. That's a sweet spot. I know that'll be good. (laughs) Mom of how many? Eight million. (laughs) No, I have three. I have uh, one who is nine, one who's 13, and one who's 16. Mm. So that's a broad range. Tell me, since this will probably come out either the day before Christmas or maybe on Christmas, we'll see. How is Santa Claus in your house historically? Did you guys do Santa Claus? Did you not do that? Because I've been seeing in the news right now, like, do you do Elf on a Shelf? Do you do Santa Claus? Is it ruining your kid? Blah, blah, blah. Like, how did you guys do it? So much talk about it. So Elf on the Shelf, let's start there, is the bane of my existence. Mm. Really? Yeah, because the thing comes out at night and I'm done by then. Yeah. (laughs) So literally two nights ago, I was, I mean, seconds away from sleep and like shot up out of it. I was like, oh, freaking Elf. (laughs) <laughs> like threw some cornflakes on the counter and made a snow angel and the next day my kid's like that's boring I'm like you know what <laughs> oh they don't even care huh so you, you really do have to go all out and I, I, I just don't i don't have it in me at night so santa we have done always it feels kind of magical and i like that about childhood so there's a lot of conflicting ideology out there around it um and i kind of feel like do you you know whatever works for your family but yeah we did Santa. We do Santa. The only the nine year old is left as a believer at this mm. point. But um, my middle daughter, I actually accidentally ruined it for her <gasps> last year. She's oh, very, no. very, very smart. And I was like, "Well, you know, Santa." And she's like, "What do you mean?" And I, <laughs> I just kind of went, "Well, you know, like how it's pretend." And she was like, <gasps> "How?" Because I was like, "I'm just kidding." It's real. I lied. I lied about the lie. It's fine. You know. That's um, funny. Yeah, they definitely enjoy it. And the older two now enjoy being part of the magic for the little one, which is very sweet. That's Mm. cute. So I didn't have Elf on a Shelf when I was a kid. And I know you definitely did We didn't. We had Santa, though. I mean, we had... Well, we celebrate Christmas a little bit differently. We... First of all, we celebrate on the 24th. So all day 24th is when we celebrate it. We don't open gifts until at night, at least my family. Um, so around like, I mean, the sun goes down at like three, but like around maybe like four or five, someone would knock on the door. It would be someone that pretended to be Santa and like it would either be my dad or my grandpa or just an older guy would dress up at Santa, have the beard, have the whole red thing going on. And he would come in with a big bag of presents and then just hand it out. Um, but we don't, I mean, we haven't done it recently cause my cousins are grown up like no one believes in santa anymore so we don't do it anymore but when we grew up when we had we had santa just walking through the door at nighttime yeah it was cute so when did elf on a shelf hit your scene though that's what i want to know because santa's been around forever (laughs) but like is it is it three years old is it four years like 10 years old 
I mean, the older one, I don't even think had Elf on the shelf. She's 16. So I, whenever they came out with it, I, I think I fought it off for like two years. Mm-hmm. And then Kate, my middle daughter, was like, where's our Elf on the shelf? I was, I was a Grinch about the whole thing. I'm very begrudgingly yeah. on board with Elf on the shelf. So we keep the uh, standards quite low yeah. around our house with that. 2005, the Elf on the shelf oh, tradition started. Oh, I made it longer started. than that, though. No. Yeah. I mean, we've done it maybe five years. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I fought it tooth and nail <laughs> that's fine i like it though i wonder because i get it like the kids aren't supposed to touch it but what happens if like if i was a kid and elf on the shelf all of a sudden had like 50 bucks next to him or so something like just, don't touch the money there? yeah i guess the theory is like i didn't read the book but the story i saw was you can't touch the elf like the kids see and there's some sort of a new placement and i guess the elf is supposed to watch for nice and naughty behavior all throughout december or I, that's what i don't know well, how does that work yes Oh. oh, the whole month, apparently. So yes. not even a week, the whole oh, month. Oh, so you got to move it every night. Correct. Oh. And so now the parents have to come up with a new storyline, basically, <laughs> every single day. And I guess the theory is like the elf watches the kids throughout the day and then at nighttime reports back to Santa oh, and then comes back with okay. a new sort of like, oh, I'm here now, I'm here now, I'm here now. But it's a little like, it's too much. Interesting. No, we, yeah, we, we're, there's no reporting back at our no. house, <laughs> <laughs> little elf police state or something, yeah. but yeah. uh, yeah, he just, she does, her name is Alex. She does something every night and that's the extent of it. Mm. Like hang on the fan. Yeah. The yeah. End. The end. End up in the trash. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. no. Huh? Well, I want to hear a little bit about how you got into real estate and how you got your career started. I, from the website, I'm pretty sure it's a family business it if is. I'm not mistaken. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. So my story about real estate is very nonlinear. So I was licensed when I was 18 uh, because my parents were in the business and my mom is just, she's amazing and uh, very high achiever. And she was like, this is what you're going to do. You got to get your license. I need you to be able to help me. I need you to go, okay, so fine. I can take tests. I took the test, passed. So I've been licensed since I was 18. Mm. So I sold real estate and helped her for, I don't know, like a couple of years, maybe five or six years. And then went back to school to get my graduate degree, sold it a little, you know, like when somebody would come to me and say like, Hey, can you help me find Mm. a house? I would do it. That was the extent of my uh, participation in real estate at that time. Um, aside from helping her do whatever she, she needed help with. So I went to grad school. I graduated from Cal State Long Beach, uh, communications department, most magical two year period of my life outside of having kids. Um, it was incredible. So while I was in grad school, I got the opportunity to spend almost a month in Cambodia, almost oh, wow. a month in Cuba, um, traveled more, and did like some really important, kind of meaningful um, research projects while I was there. So I was like in on academia. So after that, I taught um, a couple different places. I taught at Long Beach State, taught at Long Beach City, and taught at Chapman out in Orange, and was like, this is what I'm going to do forever. And just couldn't fight off the pole of real estate. Mm. So for about 10 years, I did both. And then by the time I had my third kid, I was like, I can't do all of the things. Um, Something's got to give. And so I stopped teaching and went into real estate full time. And it was like the transition period was kind of a struggle mentally because there, there was a perception that I had of what it meant to be a real estate agent right? Which is to like drive a certain type of car, Mm. dress a certain type of way. Um, really like all of the things, 
right? Like you can see someone and then all of the reality shows didn't help that, that have come out. Like, this is what it looks like to embody being this profession. And I was just, it wasn't for me. So right at that kind of tipping point, there were a lot of conversations with my mom about it and other folks that worked in the business. And I decided that if I was going to do it, I had to do it my way. I was going to dress the way that I wanted to dress. I was going to show up as my whole self. Mm. Um, And that goes even into social media, right? Like it was very, very carefully curated for most people that work in real estate Everything is about real estate. Oh, the rates and the the housing prices and that whatever. And I was like, I am a whole person and I am going to show up as a whole person. And if that works, then amazing. I'm really good at what I do and I care a lot about it. And if it doesn't, then we'll pivot again and I'll figure out something else to do. So, um, so it's been now 10 years that I've been in it full time and showing up as exactly myself just worked out just fine. I I was, it's funny that you brought up like all the reality shows because I was, I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about selling Sunset? I love watching it, but I also understand that like, this is not like a typical life of a real estate agent. Um, I, the way they dress is ridiculous. The way they do things is kind of ridiculous, but it's also for entertainment. Like I just love watching it because there's gossip and there's crazy stuff going on. How do you feel about those shows? I don't have super strong feelings about it in part because I don't live in that Mm -hmm. world. And so I don't even know, like maybe it's a perfect representation of what it's like to sell $30 million homes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Right. Um, I just have never lived in that reality. And it's not particularly, I I watched a season or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, no, the clothes are like wild and beautiful and everybody's always so carefully taken care of. So there's part of it. That's kind of fun. Um, I like the world I live in, you know, like I get to work with like doctors and teachers and firefighters and nurses and I don't know, people that work for the Long Beach Unified School District and real people. Yeah. And real people that are representative of this community Yeah, and the community is so important to me. So, uh, I think it's fun and I think it's wild and I was, you know, every once in a while I'm like, I could take like a vacation Mm -hmm. and sell real estate there for a week and see what it's like. But, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's cool. Yeah, uh, it's just not this. It's not Long Beach. It's not me. Mm-hmm. It's not here. Yeah, you know, definitely. I, I really enjoy this. Yeah, and I really like what you're talking about as far as authenticity, and that's kind of a big hurdle. I don't really have like a word, or I haven't been thinking about it. Just similar to how you think about it is, that's what wins. It's one of those things where the way I see things shifting right now is less like credential based, and I think maybe your parents, you know, my grandparents, people like that, it was very like, what school did you go to? What did you do this? How many years are you doing this? Right. And it seems like now, at least the people I'm around, they care more about the people behind things, right? They want to know how relatable are you instead of like creating that barrier, that giant, like, oh yeah, the Instagram, the, this, the car, the, that, no, I want to drive my old pickup truck. Why? Because I've been driving it for 15 years. It's the car I learned to drive on. Like, I don't want the newest, baddest Mercedes. Like I love this truck. We fucking throw Kino in there and he just tears up the back (laughs) seats and does everything. And like, that's the, that's how our neighbors are around here. Obviously this is a great place to be And Long Beach is fancy in certain spots, but it's everything. It's fancy. It's dirty. It's fun. It's dangerous. It's like got everything going on. 
And it's really cool to hear more stories about people from the community trying to break down those barriers because we can go online, we can see something so scary as like, I'm trying to buy a house, right? That's such a big, scary thing. Can I afford this? What can I afford? I hear it's crazy competitive, right? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know what this stuff is, but having somebody like yourself, an expert, a professional that you can rely on and lean on is like the most vital thing that you can have, right? It's like having a parent with you going somewhere and like, I don't know about you, but I got in trouble in school a lot, right? But knowing that there's certain things that Venture did that were wrong, but sometimes there was things where it's just like, that's just Venture being Venture and they're kind of on his ass a little bit. But having a parent come in and be like, hey, just stop messing with my kid. You know, like that feeling is everything, Mm. right? No, I think especially in the, like in when you're buying or selling real estate, right? Like everybody has a different motivation So it's easy, I think, for some folks to lean into like, this is how I do my job. And it's like very prescriptive for me and for the folks on my team. It is about meeting people where they are. Mm -hmm. And part of that is walking, kind of like venture what you're saying, like walking through a discernment process with someone. Why are they buying? Why are they moving? Why are they selling? And then being able to kind of tailor the process around that and be a a guider, right? Like a, a, a... that is not the right word. Be able to guide. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> to be a guide um, in that in that process because it is huge, right? And so it's easy to in real estate, I think, for some people to like this is what we do every day, right? And so it can if you're not paying attention, if you're not being authentic and being connected to the people that you're working with, it's easy to I don't I don't know to like not recognize the importance of that moment for somebody. And most of the people that I work with they are retiring, they're about to have a baby, their kids are leaving the house, they just got a new job. Like there's something kind of monumental and huge going on in their life that is necessitating this move, right? Um, outside of COVID, which people were in their own homes for like two weeks and were like, get me out of here. Yeah. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> but even that, right? Like they needed a home office or they like there's some sort of shift that's going on and being able to acknowledge that see that and then be a guide through that process is I think really important. Yeah. How did COVID change up the whole game? COVID was wild. Oh my gosh. So in real estate, there are traditionally like, or typically these kind of two pieces that are moving at the same time. One is getting business, right? So you're holding open houses or you're knocking doors or you're calling people, whatever. So that part. And then there's the actual work itself where you're serving your clients. So both parts for my entire 24 years in this business have been in motion, right? So you're both looking for business and then delivering a service. COVID, I remember Newsom issued the stay at home order and I took a deep breath and I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. things are going to get real slow and that's okay. Like we have money saved. We've always lived well below our means. Like we're going to be fine. My kids were all of a sudden going to be at home all the time. Um, but this is okay. We'll slow down and we'll get this. And it was like, he issued the stay at home order and it was, I swear to you guys, six days later, my phone started ringing and it did not stop. Wow. There was for the entire, especially like that first year and a half, there was absolutely no part of my life that was looking for business. It was just trying to answer the phone fast Mm. enough because the rates were very low And now people needed their space to function as both a home and an office or a home and a schoolhouse or a home and an office and a school, you know, so folks 
had their needs changing. I mean, literally overnight. So that was, that was wild. Mm. I mean, I would have typically, you know, maybe personally three or four escrows going on at a time. And now it was 16 or 17 at a time. Mm. And my, our littlest daughter was on kinder zoom and (laughs) the oldest one was in middle school. And I was just like, we've got this. I mean, I, I think that my ability to pivot has always been a blessing in my life, right? Like it's really been a wonderful thing, but that really, I was like, pivot, 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 pivot. you know, how fast can we meet all the needs of all the people and keep showing up as best we can? Um, so it was wild, but it was definitely one of those kind of moments looking back where I felt like professionally and personally, if I can make it through that with grace and with strength and with patience, and I can make it through literally Mm. anything. So yeah, that this market right now, just feels like calm after yeah. the storm. I'm yeah. like just like normal, like, you know, like a normal amount of business again. Yeah. So it's uh, been it's been interesting though. I want to hear more about your guys' team. So as things get you're only one person, right? You can't possibly handle everything by yourself. It's very important to try to cultivate a team that really is able to take care of business, right? So how do you sort of, what's your philosophy on building a team and maintaining and just leadership in general? Uh, That's a great question. So I got such a huge head start because my mom had already built a team and she'd built the infrastructure for that. Um, So my partner, Zach and I bought the brokerage a little bit less than two years ago. Mm. So we got to kind of benefit from everything that she had already built and then also move it in a slightly new direction But the thing that has stayed the same for all of it and is critically important is who is on the team. So you can have the best systems and the, oh, here's here's our onboarding system and here's the, you know, the order that you go in and the classes that you take, whatever. Fine. If you're hiring the wrong people, it doesn't mean anything. Hmm. So you ask about the team and I like immediately, I can feel myself get super excited and it's not about any of the systems we have. And all that stuff is great. Like Zach and I are both super type A um, and have all of that stuff. But the people that are on our team are literally the best people. Like I I don't even have the words for it. Like I love them, each and every one of them. And we love each other and we pull for each other. And that's great. But it's also super atypical in real estate. Like you can walk into any other brokerage Um, even some of the smaller brokerages and you don't have that camaraderie. Mm. So that is what I value above anything else on our team. And about how big is your guys' team? So we're eight total right now. Oh, cool. Um, and they're just like such good people in general, but then also like within the context of this profession, you have to have a heart for service. You have to, if you're going to do a good job. Mm do a good job to me, meaning serve your clients well. Right. So to have people like a group of people that care about each other, that care about the community, that care about their clients and are also incredibly gifted at what they do is it's everything. It's everything. Every team meeting I love, like every, we go out once a quarter just together and hang out. Like I enjoy being around them because they are smart and kind and wonderful and um, come from a place of service always. I love that. Yeah. I like what you're talking about as far as coming from a place of service and putting people first. That's something that I want 
everybody sort of in our age category to sort of understand. Stop looking at numbers, stop looking at things, stop looking at, oh, how am I different or better than the next guy or the person in front of me? Care about helping. Yes. Like actually put people first and I feel like everything else falls into place, right? Everything else does fall into place. Mm -hmm. That's it, yeah. Tell me about that as far as like, people like human capital right everybody wants to look at you know um oh how much how much uh, commission am i making off of this house how many houses gonna be? and then if i do this and if i do this but as you're building your business as you were coming up and going full-time you know a decade ago what was the difference that you did that made you successful and that continues your success now as far as people being in the people space understanding like the the relationships are everything it doesn't matter if you're in real estate finance you own a, a bookstore or whatever it is it is who you know and the relationships that you build and authentically not you know transactionally actually know that person's kids names actually go to birthday parties when you're invited invite people reach out and actually give a fuck yep. and then everything else takes care of itself versus kind of the average backwards thinking right like i need to become successful and then i'll care about people or this and that and it's like no no you don't become successful unless you have people right yeah and that's the okay so so my i have so many thoughts on this you go wherever you okay, want okay i'm like this is this is all the thoughts in one place <laughs> about this so this is actually one of the things that stopped me originally from wanting to own and run a brokerage is because I said, how can you, how can I, how can I teach people how to be successful when, when I look at my own life, especially in real estate, but honestly, in all of the things, how can you teach people to like trust the process and Turns out I still don't know how. I just know how to pick the right people mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and like let them watch each other and me and like know. But it's when I got my start in real estate, I was primarily holding open houses, right? So I would hold somebody else's listing open and meet people when they came in. And I just, I can't tell you, like everybody on our team has this like obsessive drive to serve our clients. Before that, I want to talk about an open house. Yeah. That's what I want to yeah. do because the, a lot of the value that our listeners get is in the boring stuff that you see. Like if we have a restaurant owner on, I want to hear about the crew that comes in at 5 a.m., makes the sauce, opens up the bread, starts turning burners on, cleaning stuff, things like that. How do you run an open house? Oh my gosh. Because okay. we see signs all over <laughs> the place, I'm going right? to nerd out on this yes. stuff right now. Okay, so we hold it differently than most people. And this goes back to all of the, the community and serving people and, and just being with, being with other people, right. And being of service to them. So the first thing is, and I, I like a good party. So we like logistically, we send out open house invitations. So when we have a premier open house, all of the neighbors get like a beautiful custom curated invitation to the open house. Like it's a party because that's what it feels yeah. like. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the premier open houses are catered. And that's for a lot of reasons. One is that I like to eat. <laughs> Two is I like to eat with other people. Like there's something really beautiful about just breaking bread with the community. And also it encourages folks to stay and I get to talk to them, right? Like to just be a human person with another human person and open that conversation. So right off the bat, it's different, right? Then in terms of like buyers that are coming into the house, 
one, you're getting exposure for your homeowner, right? Like they're getting a bunch of people through the open house and like the back end, the numbers and the analytics or whatever say, the more eyes you get on a house, the faster you'll sell it. So I know that I'm serving them well. There might be somebody that comes into the open house and it's happened that wants to buy that open house, right? Or that to buy that house. Great. There are also people that are coming in that are at the very, very beginning of their home buying process. Mm. Like maybe they're a year out or two years out or three years, whatever it is. But there's something in them that's kind of unfurling. That's like, I want to just like, look, I want to see what $950,000 looks like in Belmont Heights. Like I just, I want to just whatever. So that's an opportunity for me. And like first time buyers are my favorite, even though it's not a good business model or whatever. That's like where my heart is. Um, to just really get like help with the discernment process. Again, it goes back to that. So even though there are all of these things and the social media post and the invitations and the catering or whatever, all of it is to create an environment where I am getting to connect with other people. Right. And so then this goes back to the, like the people first, when I'm then putting on my owner hat, like how do I teach other people this other than like, trust me, trust the universe. It works. But it does like you show up and you be a person and you let other people be people and you care about what they want and what they're looking for in their life. And then you figure out how you can help them achieve that. Mm. That's the whole thing. And so when I started 10 years ago, it wasn't open houses and that's what I was doing. And then when I would meet somebody who had a need and I knew that I could help them, I was all in. And then I'd hold an open house and I'd meet somebody and I knew I could help them and I was all in mm. and all in and all in and all in. I cared about which school they wanted their kids to be in or that they wanted to be walking distance to a dog park that they, like my kids, wanted to be in a dual immersion school or wanted to be close to their church or their temple or their synagogue or wanted to be close to the art theater or what, whatever it was. Um, I cared as if those were the things that I was looking for. And so very quickly with any given buyer, maybe one day we would go out and look at places together. I could go on my own and look at places and know, oh no, they won't like this because mm. of the, the feeling of the backyard is too separate or what, you know, whatever it was, but it's like being able to get inside of somebody's head and their heart and like know what they want and want it for them. And then, um, then you sell a bunch of houses. You know, so the back end stuff all works out if you just show up and be of service. Mm. I love that. One of my favorite quotes is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. And there's this thing, this kind of like barrier. I keep talking about these barriers of like just because you're doing business with somebody, the initial thought is like, well, what, how are they trying to get over on me? How are they trying to do this? We don't we don't want to do business with people that we like or friends or people that are kind of in our circle because the idea of business is very kind of like taboo. Right. We're talking money. We're doing this. And it's like, well, no, I care about you. We already have a relationship. Why don't we do this the right way if we're both working hard and about our stuff? Right. Why not? Why does it have to be somebody some realtor that you don't know, right? You'd rather have somebody that you have a relationship with. You're in the community. You see them at events, things like that. That's really awesome. What's your cultural background? Uh, cultural background mixed in so many ways. So um, I am ethnically Cuban, primarily Puerto Rican, Italian, and Irish. Cool. Mm. Um, I am first generation Californian. Gotcha. My parents are both from New York City. Um, and all of my family, I mean, they've kind of spread out now, but 
I feel like almost bi-coastal the way that I grew up. So anytime I, almost anytime I was around family, it meant being in New York, being in New Jersey. Um, or what Cubans do is they also move to Miami. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of summer spent in Miami. Uh, my mom is the only one of her siblings that was born in the United States. Okay. Um, everybody else was born in Cuba. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I, I mean, I feel like... Uh, First generation Californian, second generation American. Mm-hmm. And did your parents come out of here for California just due to like the real estate? Like when did they move out here? Before you were born? Before or, I was born. Yeah. yeah. yeah Long my, before? They With a whole group of people from New York City, uh, they, no, you have to imagine it was like the late 70s, yeah. mm. right? They'd grown up in the city. It was loud and dirty and busy. And they were like, we're moving to California. Mm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they moved out to Santa Monica actually and just like lived their best California life. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. How many siblings do you have? I have three sisters. So oh, a bunch I, of girls, yeah. huh? Yeah, I have all girls. I'm one of all girls. Wow. <laughs> so I'm the oldest, and then I have a sister that's two years younger, four years younger, and six years younger. Are they oh, local wow. as well? Or? No, I have one that's local and two that are in Tennessee. Mm. Oh, Tennessee. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, they're enjoying it there. Like a little bit more space, yeah. a little bit more space. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Space. That's it right there. Yeah. I really like what you talked about, about an open house, because I've always been, he- I feel like for some reason, I don't know, the average person is like, well, we don't, we're not buying a house. So why do we have to go in the open house? We're going to start going into so many open I houses. I love, like I've yeah. been to so many random open houses and I like, I'm not, I, I'm not buying a house anytime soon, but just like looking, I'm like, oh, that's cute. That kitchen's cute. Like it just gives me inspiration one to like what I eventually want in my home, but then also like, how can I decorate? my living room like this is cute like I want to decorate that and I'm also very nosy so I just love going into places where like I can just look around and just like be in the corner and just stare I love looking at people's stuff you're like yeah it's so much fun I love doing that so much fun honestly like in that transition before I was like okay I can do this I went to so many open houses just on my own that I was like I could be working right right now and enjoying an open house (laughs) but no I meet so many people through the open houses a lot of people I end up working with, but there's also people that are like, oh, you know, can you tell me who did this kitchen or where these curtains came from? And I'm here for all of it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll be your, I'll be your point person yeah. for all the, for all the things. So. I really like that. And it's really funny because you love houses. Like as far as you love everything, you're always looking, it doesn't, apartments, whatever, living spaces, that's your jam. That's your sweet spot. I hate it. I don't, it's not that I hate it. I just don't care like i don't I'm see on the Zillow, difference I would right say like yeah. every every hour i don't know if that's because i moved every year of my life so we were always just like the space is the space i get it you get my room like kind of just like a military vibe like mm-hmm. all right cool this is it throw the clothes in the closet let's roll mm. i love environments though i was just gonna say so though but where it. you are we talked about yep. this right off the bat 100 i can live in a cardboard box you could honestly be like hey that lifeguard tower out there that's all you venture and i'd be like mm, yeah Sweet, what up yeah. yeah and i'd be like we're, we're killing it like me and kino boy sure where's his beds right there let's put a bunk bed or hammock or whatever and like that would be me yeah. right but i'm just very i guess i don't like simplistic or whatever it is, but yeah. it makes me really, really happy that you're into it. And like, if you find something cool and I look at it, I'm like, yeah, that's great. Oh, look at the floors. I'm like, yeah, the floors look awesome. <laughs> like I don't, as long as there's a floor, like yeah. I don't care, but it gets me happy watching you get all jazzed up. No, about I it. love it. And it's like, even like, even now, like we don't plan on moving right now, but I'm like, what's out there? Like, what can we work for? What can we like, 
you know, our, our next apartment would probably have be like a two bedroom apartment. What is out here? Cause we want to stay in this area. What is out here? What can we expect? Um, also just like decorations, like what can I put on the wall? Like it just, it's, I love it. And it's I do so get fun. as far as it makes sense with the open house is just, yeah, you'll, you'll be there when I need you. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Like you go, oh, I know this lady. Okay, cool. When the time's right, this works. And you're just kind of right there sitting and waiting and ready whenever that you're needed. Oh yeah. And I've met people that, I mean, I've met people at open houses that I've known now for six, seven, eight years that I've never worked with them. They've never moved. They stay in the same place. And I've worked with their sister mm. and I've worked with their neighbor right. and I've worked, you know, so it just, I don't know. It feels very synchronistic. Yeah. What was your process for building your book of business then in real estate when you were just starting out? You know, how did you put yourself out there to be able to take these opportunities when they arose? That's a great question. It So like, and how is it different from today as well? Also a good question. So the beginning for sure, like if you're speaking logistically, was primarily open houses. That's where I got most of my business. Then, I mean, that that was the first probably two years. And then what happened is it just all shifted really organically because then folks that I had sold a house to two years ago, I sold them a condo. Well, they wanted to sell the condo and buy a house. So a lot of it has been, I mean, to this day, there are folks that I've done seven or eight sides with or transactions with that I met at an open house Mm. 10 years ago and they bought a condo, then they sold the condo, then they bought a house then they bought a piece of income property. Then they had to sell their mom's house. Then, you know, and it's just this domino effect, but it's also, it it just, it is all community anyway, Mm. but that's like, I can really see that if I track my book of business and I look at where, cause we track everything that's the type A side. Mm. And I'm like, it all works out. Everything's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> like at the universe. And then I'm also like, and here's our PL from yeah. last year. You know? <laughs> so there has to be that both sides when you're when you're running a business. But um, a lot of it is what is called sphere of influence or past clients or referrals is where most of it has come from. But the the very beginning of that was open houses. Mm. There's a million different ways to start in the business. Some people geo farm some people exclusively get their leads online and that's what they want there are many things that work for me because a lot of it is about an energetic exchange i really like to be with people and be in the same space so for me that's going to be open houses or geo farming where i'm just in my own neighborhood meeting people providing a service um, and then being there when they need me where do you stay at now are you close to the area oh i am in the suburbs Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh when i went to long beach state i was down here by the beach mm-hmm. right like like we all were and living that life um then i was in california heights for about 10 years because i was like i want that beach feel where you have like all the different architecture and i can walk to get coffee and i can whatever so lived that life um ultimately though my kids all went through or are at um dual immersion schools so that brought us to the east side of Long Beach, um, and we are like by Hartwell Park. Mm. Okay. Unless you know somebody there, you probably haven't been there because there's nothing to do there. Um, but there's this beautiful park, and there's soccer, and there's kids, and I feel like it has given me an opportunity to raise my kids in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So our front lawn is constantly covered in scooters and bicycles and hoverboards wow. and just everybody's kids are at everybody's house. And I mean, especially during the summer, 
not a week goes by that I'm not feeding neighbors or at a neighbor's house. And so that's how we ended up. It's called the Plaza. It's wonderful um, for raising kids, especially. It's really beautiful. Is it like Lakewood area? No. Mm -mm. No, it's not too far from there, though. Yeah, like I said, unless you know somebody that's yeah. there, I'm like, I'll invite you guys to a barbecue in the suburbs. Yeah, you can see what it's all about. Yeah. But, um, I yeah. love where you're at right now as far as family. I think I'm very forward thinking, sometimes a little bit too much, right? Like we spend a lot of time trying to keep venture in the present, right? And trying to, hey, well, we're not five years down the road right now. We're today and that's all we can control, right? I love the idea of having a family. It's the only thing that I actually want as far as like as many as we can have you know th that's cool i'm down for whatever we'll all adopt a whole tribe from zimbabwe or something <laughs> like that because just being a father being a parent sounds like the greatest like i don't know about the word job whatever you would categorize it but i had great parents parents fantastic i would say that my dad was the greatest dad for me. I'm not saying he's the best dad ever, but for Venture in Venture's situation, that guy was on it. And he had just the perfect amount of like gas and brake and gas and brake to kind of drive this Formula One car around the track <laughs> and get it across the finish line pretty much unscathed. Mm -hmm. And it just sounds like that's all I want to do. It would just be the amount of reward I feel like I would get from taking a little human being and just like watching this human being develop and figure out what crafts they're into and this and that. I want to know how awesome it is basically and your kind of parenting philosophies, things like that. And then after that, I want to talk about how you manage your time because that sounds like a crazy yeah. part of it too, of as a you know successful female entrepreneur running your businesses and doing things like that. How do you keep your calendar? What does it look like? How organized are you? What, uh, what works? What doesn't work? Things like that. Okay, so first I will say uh, everybody has a different experience with family and with parenting. My experience has been exactly what you're talking about. Like, it is the greatest joy. I, yeah. I'll get, like, choked up. Mm. I, yeah. I, I love it so much. I love being a mom. And specifically, I love being their mom. Mm. My kids are the freaking coolest. Yeah. They're all completely different from each other. Um but like, Tell me about that. Oh, they're it's wild how different they are. So how do you how manage much, that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much is like parenting and how much is it like, no, this human was like this when they got here. Oh, like, no, they come fully baked. Oh, yes. really? No, I think that that's probably what made your dad such a good dad for you, though, is he wasn't like, it sounds like from what you're saying, coming and going, this is the way that I'm doing things. He met you where you are. We were very similar. We're identical. Okay, so mm -hmm. he then he probably yeah. like understood you in a really like fundamental way mm -hmm. but what you're talking about that made your dad a good dad that is it it's mm -hmm. knowing the right amount of gas the right amount of break the right amount of gas the right amount of break with multiple kids who are so different I certainly feel sometimes like I need to parent them each in different rooms right. I'm like you can't hear what I'm saying to this one yeah. I'm like you everything is fine you've got this bring it down. Mm. You don't need to try so hard. And then I'm in another room. Like you need to care. Uh. <laughs> you, you need to put more effort in, you know? So yeah. it, they're all very, they're all very different. But I will say one of the things that has surprised me the most about parenting is that people warned from the time I was pregnant, warned about the older stage, the teenage years that like, just how all the things, right? I love it. Yeah. I love like 13, 16, 
I mean, my baby's my baby, right? <laughs> like I just adore her. And also I have been really pleasantly surprised at how much fun it is like kind of co-creating life with them, right? Like seeing who they are individually, what drives them, what makes them tick, what their motivation is, and then just really like walking their individual journeys with them. And, um, it's a little, I don't know. It's like a little Caesar Milan. Like sometimes they start to get off what is their path, not what my path is for them, but like the things that they have said they want and a little like, back you go, back yeah. you go, back on the path. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been extraordinary. That's awesome. I love them. I love them so much. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I like them. Like, yeah. They're cool. They're really, yeah, they're all a little feral. Like that's what right. they have in common. They're all like a little bit wild and a little bit, um, I don't know. Feral is probably the right word. They're just, but they're amazing. And they're amazing. Not, but I remember when I, I mean, now I don't really care. I'm a little bit older, but when I was like around like 16, like 15, 16, everything my dad did was so embarrassing. Everything, (laughs) no matter what he did. And he knew it too. He was like, if I do this, it's embarrassing. And then like, I was like, no, no, don't stop. Like, stop, stop. But that would just like triggered him where he's like, oh, I'm gonna keep doing it. Then what I realized was when I was like 17, I was like, if I just act like I don't care, he'll stop. Yeah. So I was like, all right. Out strategizing your dad. I like it. Dance then. Go ahead. (laughs) Dance in Walmart. Go ahead. That's fine. I don't care. I don't care. How did you meet your husband? Oh, I met my husband. So this, uh, this is also very nonlinear. It's been an interesting turn of events, but originally I met him when I was 14, um, on vacation in Miami. Cool. Yeah. So, and then I got I had other life. I got married. I got divorced. I had a job. I had a different job. Um, and then we reconnected when I was in my early, late twenties, early thirties. Wow. So we've been together now for 13 years. That's awesome. That's really cool. I like that. What does he do for work? He is, I'm going to get the title wrong. He's a club fitter at a golf shop. Oh, Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. At like the golf shop. So I don't know. It seems like, uh, I don't know. People are very, very serious about golf. Yeah. Like, like it's an it's extension of it's who they much. are. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like in a weird way, I feel like his job is a lot of pressure because people come in and they're like, Oh, oh I'm, I'm not hitting my clubs. Right. <laughs> and then they're just like, fix it. It's right? his fault. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he has to be the one that saves them from themselves. <laughs> yeah. So he, you know, we'll switch the loft and the lie and the blah, blah, yeah. blah. You're like, definitely, oh. bro. It's these clubs. Come on. Come That's on. It, right. It's right. not you. I couldn't do that. Practice more. Yeah. Practice more. No. no, but so he is really good at what he does. So then people come back in and they're like, Oh, you, you adjusted that club. Oh. Now you know, so it's really, he lives in his own, you know, he's got some funny stories. Yes. It's just old. No, Doug, it's cause you suck at putting. All right. <laughs> like, that's what my answer would be like. No, the putter's fine. That's right? his answer sometimes yeah. actually. Yeah. But he, uh, he has a background in, um, commercial plumbing. So mm. he's like very mechanical anyway. Yeah. So if there is a technical mechanical way to improve somebody's golf game, like he's the guy for it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure there have been more than one 
Doug. Yeah, there's way too much pride in yeah. golf. Like, <laughs> calm down. It's so serious. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not that necessary. Just it's have wild. fun. Like, if you're so serious and you're not a professional golfer, you're just out there on a Saturday. Like, you're not Tiger Woods. It's calm okay. Calm down. All They're right? all Tiger Woods. Okay, <laughs> Hannah. Like, take it easy. Yeah. yeah. No, but he takes it very seriously. And so then he gets to meet their energy and it's great. So, oh, that's I'm, fun. I'm happy that they're having fun, though. Yeah. All right. Like, that's funny. I want to know kind of what type of house. Oh, first of all, that's a weird question you can't say like what type of houses are in in southern california because my favorite thing to do here is look at how different everything is mm. we just go down the street and that's so different from like a vegas or a texas or just like other vegas, typical cookie cutter like oh yeah this is a desert style good 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 yeah it's changing but here everything on the block is here's a modern one here's like an old style here's a one-story house here's a three-story house like everything is so diverse what would you say the trend is if there's a trend right now for like what's in, what are people liking? No. So that you're describing, like you're describing Long Beach in architecture, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that like in the most funda way, fundamental way is the thing that's in, is the diversity of architecture, right? So certainly over the past probably 10 years or so, we've seen an uptick in like mid-century modern architecture or people being drawn to that. So like the cliff maze or whatever that 15 years ago were like, oh, they're not like particularly sturdy in mm. the way that they're built and they're very small and they're, I mean, the past decade, people are obsessed with them, mm. right? Because they have floor to ceiling windows and they let the right. outside in and, you know, Spanish style homes have never gone out. Those in, are my in, favorite. Uh, I love those. I love yeah. Those. That is consistently desirable. But, what style house do you live in? Uh, Mid-century. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, which which I like. But we picked for the, like I said, the neighborhood yeah. was more than anything. I can, I am with Hannah. Like, I love houses. Mm -hmm. I love decor. I love all of it. So while I am at heart a minimalist, beyond that, I can get down with anything. Right. Right? Like, oh, I'll find I'll find a way to yeah. make this awesome. Um but yeah, I think that people, especially like I've only, I've sold real estate in Southern California my whole life. This is it. I have no experience outside of here. Mm -hmm. Um, and it has been what has consistently drawn people to Long Beach specifically is, um, that it doesn't matter what you're drawn to. You'll find it here, yeah. you know, from the ultra modern, you know, like the stuff that's on the canals or whatever, that's just literally like concrete and glass right. top to bottom. Yeah. We have that here. You want like cozy and like. What, what do they call it now? Cottage court, right? Mm. Like yeah. we have that, you, you know, so we have something for everybody, which I love. Yeah. I want to go back to what you asked earlier, but we never got to it. How do you manage your time with oh, yeah. work and family Good and your own back. personal time? And yeah. How, how is that balance? That's, if there is a balance. It's such a good question. So I was watching many years ago, I think like a YouTube video or something with Tony Robbins of all people. And he had, he said something that stuck with me and he said, I don't, I'm going to maybe butcher this. This is what I remember him saying. <laughs> yeah. So I like a asterisk that I might've cultivated it, it right. on my own. Yeah. Um, but he said, I don't believe in work-life balance. I believe in work-life integration. Mm. Yeah. And it resonated with me, but also I think it's probably the only way that I can actually do the life that I'm doing. So uh, I'm going to say it's the best because I like it fine and it's what works for us. Um, but COVID certainly pushed that to the extreme where I will not pretend with my kids that I am not a, a working adult person who is running a business, right? So my kids have heard me talk about, and they now understand most of all of the stuff that I do 
from profit and loss statements to managing a team meeting to what goes into prepping a listing contract, all, all of the things. Um, and I won't pretend with my clients that I don't have children. Right. So there have been times, especially all the listing presentations that I did via zoom for a year, my kids were in and out and I'd be like, just a moment. Yeah. The fruit snacks are in the cabinet on the, whatever. I'm like, okay, let me know if you need anything else. Right. And then can go back to being present with who I'm with. So the integration certainly has been, um, the most helpful. Bless you. (laughs) On top of that, I am super organized about the schedule. So everything is online and shared just through Google calendar. Nothing like fancy. Each kid has their own color. Work has its own color. Um, I love that. Tell me about the colors. So yeah. kids, cause that's the thing is I've had to, as we're developing our businesses and things like that, become anal about mm. the schedule to the point where I'm like, yeah, it's color code. Like yeah. at, for being in our early twenties, the schedule, it's ridiculous. It does not have to be this like aggressive. And it's weird cause you really need that structure. Mm-hmm. I am okay having it all in my head and like, oh yeah, I know at this time I have work or at this time I have class or I, at this time I'm hanging out with this person. Like for me, I'm okay having it in my head or if there's like a a day of schoolwork, just writing down what I have to do. That's fine. But you are very like every little thing. It's It's fireworks going off. Workouts. You need to have walks with Kino, feeding Kino. Um, If you're hanging out with someone, if you're, if you have a podcast, like Mm -hmm. everything is very in there. And it's been a little bit of a hard time for me to adjust to it. Cause I'm like, cause you're, I would be like, Oh yeah, I'm hanging out with this person today. And he'll be like, is it in the schedule? And I'm like, no, but I'm still hanging out with that person. And he's like, well, you got to put it in the schedule. I was like, okay. <laughs> and, and after we get about this, I want to talk about a little bit, maybe a general level about discipline. Because one of the things that I'm on is I lock in on it. Mm. Just like that monster in there, when he locks in on something, right. nothing else matters. I told him, go get that person. That person is all he cares about. And he will go until the mission's complete. So similar ways. I'm just going, going, going. I'm on the podcast. I'm not doing a single fucking thing other than podcasting right now. I don't care who calls, who does this. I'll get to that afterwards because this was scheduled. Mm-hmm. And it's the most important part of the podcasting day right now, right? So it's just like, I don't know how you do that. Like, I just can't even <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not thinking about lunch right now because I'm thinking about the podcast and doing that. Is that more how your brain is wired or are you like a mixture of both? Or kind how of a mixture. Yeah. I don't know. I definitely find like I was more like Hannah before there just for me and for the brain capacity I have, there are too many things at this point. I cannot, I'm not smart enough. I'm not rested enough to be able to remember physical therapy for post ACL surgery and club volleyball and lacrosse tryouts and pediatrician appointment and dental appointments and Christmas presents and meeting with this client, meeting with this agent on my team, meeting with like, I j- it's just literally too much. Yeah. So for me at this point, I do find a kind of freedom in the scheduling Right. So like when everything is tracked and accounted for, that actually allows me to be more present. It allows me to breathe. It allows me um, even like flexibility, right, where I see a dead space and I'm like, I don't have to like I'm not so regimented that I have to uh, like plan every minute out. But everything that I'm obligated to do needs to be there so that I can have then that flexibility and that space um, when there is open time, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. 
which I'm like, I will get so present. I'll forget about other things sometimes yeah. <laughs> uh, if I don't write it all down. So yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in between, but definitely like the family calendar is, uh, really important. The work calendar is really important and the kids seeing the work calendar is really important. So we have like a little family meeting every Sunday night nice. where we all sit down and go over everybody's, not just schedules, but their expectations and, um, yeah, like what they will need from me, what I will need from them, what they need from each other, you know, and then it helps the the week run a little bit smoother. So, um, the hardest part has been, um, carving out time for myself. Mm. So, uh, definitely like with each kid and with each new work obligation, like that became the whole focus. So I'm about two and a half years into like, wait a minute, I'm a whole person. I need to do stuff too. Mm -hmm. So a couple of years ago, I was like having that moment with a little fire in my belly of like, I'm a person. Yeah. I need time for me. And I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck I want to do if I had time for me. So I literally like opened my phone, opened the maps apps. This is like my anti on it, right? Like everything's so scheduled and thought and planned and whatever. And I was like, no, we're just going to be in this moment. We're going to fucking find something. Mm. So I opened the maps app and I put in boxing. Cause I remember that I used to box in college, like very unprofessionally and for fun, but I remember enjoying it. Mm. And I put in boxing and it pulled up a Krav Maga gym, had no idea what Krav Maga was, never heard of it. I'm like, do you need gloves for it? Mm. And I knew I didn't want like a cardio kickboxing class or something. Like I wanted something like scrappy. Mm. Um, so I pulled it up and it was like, I don't know, Israeli martial arts or like Israeli self-defense used in the military ball. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, fine. Good. That'll do. Mm. So I like in that moment signed up for a free class the next day or like a free private lesson, whatever show up. I have no idea what I was doing. I, you guys have never in your life seen somebody be so bad at something (laughs) (laughs) ever. Like that's not what I thought you were going to say. I I, like, I honestly, like I look back and I don't know what compelled me to keep going. I like, it was, it was trash, like a total dumpster fire of like, uh, like I had never uh, coordinated my body to work together at the same time ever or something. I'm like, I played sports growing up. Like I know, (laughs) I know how to use this thing, I think. Um, but it was, I was like obsessed immediately. And then, so finding the thing for me, everything else then fell into place, Mm -hmm. right? Where like all of a sudden there was time and there was a way and somebody like, Oh, I, I, uh, you know, I want to sell my house. I need to meet with you at 11 on Tuesday. I'm like, Nope. I have an appointment at that time, but I can be there at 1230. Mm. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Everybody's fine. Everybody, it it works out. Um, So that has been, uh, so not having too many things has probably helped, but that's where the balance has come in for me um, is to like, yeah, you know, punch stuff a couple times Mm -hmm. a week and like, uh, you know. I love that. Choke people. (laughs) Are you, um, maybe not now, or have you been a people pleaser? Because I have always, not always struggled, but I've, just putting that time to myself, I am very okay saying yes to everyone else and no to myself. Um, but I'm getting better at being like, no, like if I, if I made the plan to work out at this time or edit YouTube videos at this time, if someone asked me to, can you come into work earlier? Can you do this? Can you do that? No, I can't. 
but it's hard. It's been very hard for me just growing up as just like pleasing people. Let's not cause any drama. Let's, you know, have you ever felt any of that? Or have you always been like, no, like this is my time or this is a set thing? Yeah, I'm not. I Now I have one kid that is a people pleaser. Yeah. So now I get to see what it looks like yeah. and I can say <clears throat> with 100% certainty, I am not. And yeah. I've never been a people pleaser. It was more just about reminding, like I just get overly like invested mm. in like making all the things work and right. like it's like where work ethic will kind of work against me sometimes and then I had to just remind myself like you are a whole human person and in order to make all of these other things work you have to take care of yourself um but it was just more like I wasn't valuing myself enough especially the physical body right because like I can get like overly intellectual or overly like in my head about things. So I just needed something to remind me to like be in my body mm. and, um, you know, like exercise is important. Rest is important. Hydration is, hydration is important. And it's, it was easy for me to just like spiral into being a mom or being a, an owner, you know, a brokerage owner, being an agent, whatever. Um, but yeah, I just have to like pull back a little bit sometimes and be like, it's a whole picture. Right. These are a whole, you know, you're a whole person. Um, but yeah, like I said, once I found the thing that I liked, uh, all of a sudden it became much easier. Yeah. Crazy, very like structured and I'm the opposite, but mm -hmm. whatever I need, he will like give me. And then whatever he needs, I will give him. So like we kind of compliment each other. I love yeah. that we just brought that up because I was going to talk about this on the digest when she headed out. But um, I found a, I don't look through the comments like of our show very often just for mental health reasons. <laughs> There's this one guy, though, that said five out of five stars. Apparently, this is from like a year ago on the super old episode. Great variety and insight. They are so well-rounded and cover so many topics with unique perspective. Fun. I thought that was pretty nice. Yeah. Right? I was like, oh, comment. shout out to that guy. Yeah. Appreciate that guy. That was a fun comment. If you could just copy and paste that comment into right. every single one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just bring that energy. Yeah. I like it. Right? right. Wake up. But... Hey, I wanted to kind of close off with some general things about discipline because I really like where you're going. It's really impressive. It's really inspiring, all the stuff that you're able to accomplish and the mindset towards what you do. I've naturally just came out the gate with drive. Like it was just, that was never an issue that I have. I was able to find it in sports, whatever it was to where I was the guy that lim was limited by my physical body. I found how you want to know how many squats a person can do. I found it because I teared the hamstring, you know, like there was no other, you want to know how many push-ups somebody can do? Well, I teared the peck out. Like that's, you go to the doctor and they're like, oh yeah, hey buddy, less. And then you got to learn the hard way, right? Whereas that was my mentality. Everything just growing up was like, you're not going to punish me physically. There was never a coach that would put wrestling, football or anything. Cause I go, okay, I have 90 minutes where I will sprint. I guarantee you, you're going to have to go home to your wife at some point. I'm 16. I have nowhere to be right now. I will run all day until tomorrow and you <laughs> will get bored. So that was kind of my like fight the man type of mentality. Right. But it just became, I use that with everything. So I'm very disciplined. Right. However, I want to hear about if you seems like you've always had drive similar to me. But when you're leading a team of people, how do you nicely or respectably, you know, what's your process for almost, hey, you have it in you. I see that you have it in you. Let's just sort of kind of light that fire. Let's put a little bit of gasoline on that fire and kind of cultivate talent, things like that. What is your process for that? 
Yeah, it's, it kind of goes back to even the parenting or some of the other things or even working with clients. Again, it's like meeting people where they are. So the first thing obviously goes back to hiring the right people. Mm-hmm. So I'm just work with the best people. So there's already a lot of heavy lifting other owners would have to do that I don't have to do because they're there, they're capable and they're ready. So it's just like filling in the gaps because everybody has different strengths and weaknesses, right? And then even with the way that our team is structured, I have a partner. So my partner, Zach, and I are a good balance to each other. So between the two of us, if somebody needs like a pep talk, that's one of us. If somebody needs like help with like actual compliance stuff or like this is how we do this, this is the operations of stuff, one of us can do it. But so it really is just a combination of seeing and recognizing talent, being willing to then take that person on, right? So sorry, a little all over the place, but background, Zach and I decided these are the types of agents that we'll bring on somebody that's done this much business, that this is the thing they need help with because we know we can step in and do that. We have these great systems in place. We have this beautiful marketing. We have this amazing website. Like if that's a thing that would help the person, that's the person for us. Then along comes Jordan, who's our newest agent, hasn't sold any real estate, has a background in music, nothing that we were looking for. As soon as we met him, we're like, this guy is freaking smart. Mm -hmm. He's motivated. He's coachable. He's ready to go. So we threw everything out the window of what we decided we were looking for and we brought him on and he's phenomenal, right? So we, with him, we've then gone through the process of just like the actual kind of logistics of selling real estate, like going over the contracts with him, making sure he understands all of the, the legal parts of it, whatever. This is how you door knock. This is how you hold an open house. This guy is on fire. Mm. I mean, and so it's being, again, being willing to pivot, seeing people for who they are, meeting them where they are, and then just filling in the gaps has been pretty much the overall. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. How has your first podcast experience kind of been lately? Um, so I met these two really cool people. <laughs> no, you guys are amazing. And I knew Venture, I knew as soon as we talked, I was like, oh yeah, this will be good. We'll have fun. This will be cool. I thank um, you for uh, trusting us with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, right? It's just like gut, yeah. vibe, energy. Yeah. Um, and I love the two of you together. And I was saying that off mic, but the two of you have such a beautiful, balanced energy when you're both in the same room. I really love it. That's Thank the chemistry you. that we're trying to scale. As where this is just phase one of the show. We're going to put cameras up at some point. That's the goal of 2024. And then really be able to scale the show as big as we want it to be. But that's kind of the rarity that I, you know, some couples have it. Some couples don't have it. But that, I mean, we're on a, such a far spectrum though. Like, yeah. I'm so crazy and you're so like amazing, but like, you know, it's just, it's a wide spectrum. So yeah, that's what we're trying to do here. We usually have one final question that we like to ask all our guests that come in. And especially I'm excited for who you got for us, who are maybe two to three people. They could be similar to you in the Southern California area that maybe we could reach out to and come have them sit in the same chair that you are. Could be a fellow. We are looking for strong women. That is one of the big reasons why I reached out to you. And they could be a business owner. They don't have to be. They could be old. They could be young. It could be somebody a part of your team. Doesn't have to be somebody a part of your team, but just somebody who you rock with. That's such a good question. Okay, so I have a dear friend. Her name is Brandis Rodriguez. She's an artist. And oh, cool. She is 
just insanely, insanely talented. Mm. Um, and I think it's always fun to just talk to people that are like incredibly good at what yeah. they do. Um, so she has beautiful work and I would recommend talking to her. And then Candace, who owns the gym that I work out at, oh, cool. um, after Europe, cause she's about to have another baby, oh, cool. uh, but she's just a badass. I mean, she's an incredible fighter. She's a great mom. She runs a business. She does all the things. So those yeah. are the two women that, that yeah. come to mind for sure. That would be awesome. That. Yeah. yeah. And if you think about anybody while you're cooking or anything yeah. like that, feel free. We're always, that's the criteria is just, can you talk, right? Yeah. Do you speak English <laughs> or Swedish? Swedish. And can you Swedish. talk? And yeah, we'll try to make magic, right? Yeah. Well, hey guys, this has been Natural Thoughts and Talks. Thank you for listening to another great episode. We'll see you guys later. Bye. We are back with the digest. The digest. And I'm back on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Is that your favorite spot to sit at? I'll be honest with you. If we can find a way to like put guests on the floor and oh. record with them there definitely we can have them on the bench over there yeah the like shoe bench. just way over there just like this i'm looking at you and then they're off to the side like we can still hear each other and it's all good Horrible. or have them outside put oh, like a no. coffee table and just run it through the thing oh no i saw a few podcasts over covid that they were doing that there was one guy that was having guests come in and sitting on the balcony and he was closing the screen door i think that's a little extra and then he was in the living room yeah and it was kind of like you can't just do zoom at that point feet. you yeah. might as well like really yeah, that's fine. and i mean this person already walked through your home so they might as they might as well stay in your fucking hot breath living room nothing but h words hi how are you yeah spit everywhere yeah yeah nikki Awesome. What did you think about that episode? I know I always talk first, but you got it. It was really light and it felt like she was just a real person. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I liked so much of like you often, I mean, even with like certain careers of like real estate is kind of one of those where you're like, oh, that's someone else. Or like, I can't, you know, we don't relate to those people, you know, things like that. There are certain careers where you're like, it just seems very far away, but she just felt very close and real and it's kind of nice that that's kind of like how she has her business too of like I want to relate to people and it's a community and I just want to be like a helping hand I don't want it to be like a you know I'm scared to ask that person questions of like she's very real she's very her mm -hmm. and that's I think that's what I really liked about it and it took me a while to kind of find somebody like that because she was right. You go to certain Instagram pages or videos and it's, oh yeah, the big baller, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't want to I mean, talk even to the that way they talk girl. sometimes um, is very, I mean, she talked about this too, of like some, it can be very surface. There's a few guys in my office like that. Yeah. To where they're like in my age group, right? And it's a weird thing that they think that they have to be like their dad or their granddad. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are you speaking so stiff right now? Right. Like, you answer me. I'm like, hey, how's it going? It's Venture. How are you doing and today? And it's weird because I understand that like the way someone, not everyone, but in a lot of places, like the way you talk in your profession is going to differ slightly to how you talk to friends, let's say. When you're talking about technical terms. Right. So, when Yeah. yeah it is going to differ. Um, and a lot of people have it very different of like, this is how I'm at work. This is how I'm at home, which I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. But she was very like, it's and, and, and even when, when someone, let's say we have a, uh, I don't know, name a fancy career. Name a fancy career, a stripper. 
Well, <laughs> um, let's say, we'll say a finance person, let's okay. say, comes in and this is just a conversation. We're not, it's not a formal interview. It's not like a Forbes list thing. It's like, we're just hanging out. Why are you still talking to me in your prof- like professional mm-hmm. voice? She was, she was cussing. She was super authentic, super real. And I think that is what makes it so easy to talk to someone too of like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's a wall. Yeah. Do you like that vein that I was kind of on as far as it, we're moving from the credential shit yeah. to more of like a, Hey, just be real. Be I mean, person. that's what we're noticing too of like, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're becoming a doctor or something, but like in a lot of places, it's like who you are. Are you nice? Are you a good person? That's yeah. like what people are looking for. I would say you're right. If you're a surgeon right. or like Please a high level have doctor, your credentials. <laughs> well, no credential, but I, I do need you to speak to me how a doctor would speak yeah. to me. Don't like, I want it to be, don't beat around the bush, but also don't come in like shit, bro, man, lung cancer. Yep. You got it. Like you're dying. Yeah. That's not the Must way suck. I want it. Yeah. Don't talk to me like you're at a barbecue. But other than that, unless it's some serious stuff. Right pretty much everything's game yeah right yeah i liked her a lot mm-hmm. that was a really fun episode yeah i was very like attracted to her too not like in a creepy way she's very pretty but like in a i like powerful women like it was like yeah she yeah was that's pulling. what i'm talking about it yeah. was yeah yeah where i was i felt very comfortable mm-hmm. in her presence and under her leadership right and i think that's awesome yeah. i want to find more people like that yeah yeah but anyways Anywho, anywho, that elf on a shelf thing that she was talking about, though, we're not doing that with our kids, right? First of all, I, I mean, I knew what that term was, like I've heard it and I've seen it around, but I never understood what it was. And the fact that you move it every night, every day for the too. whole month, yeah. I feel like whoever made that didn't have kids, right? Like, that's one of those things where if you're putting out a product, you gotta at least pressure test it, like on your own circle for a little while. Mm-hmm. How about you do it for a month and then you'd be like, oh shit, every day. It's kind right. of a lot busy. All right, once a week. Right. We can do once four times a month, right? Or for, it's only a week long. The week before Christmas, or like, the elves come out. Or like out. every Sunday or something like that. You know what I mean? Like but every December. I get it too. And some, you have to come up with a new script on the whole thing. Well, oh my God, look, the elf was cooking in the kitchen and left some garlic out. Oh, whoa, whoa. And then you go a whole day of work and now you got to come back. You just fought your kids to go to sleep and this and that. And now you're like fuck what's this elf gonna do now that's too much i have to be creative that's horrible yeah let's just throw it out the window i couldn't do it yeah that's pretty funny but good for the people that do it my bad my ringer's on apologize (gasps) so unprofessional (sighs) i started editing my video it's not the greatest product out there i know that it's a short one okay but i'm like just put it out just put something out i like that yeah i was like yeah it's not a bad video like it'll be fine it's like you know, but I'm like, mm, let's put it out. Even if it's like a six minute video, let's mm. put it out. It's fine. That's Do another one tomorrow. Perfect. I love that mentality with the mindset that you're going to end up getting better and better and better yeah. and better. And then eventually you'll be able to just dump, just pump and yeah. dump basically like high quality videos. And I mean, I've done like my, the majority of my vlogs are good. It's just that this one didn't have a lot going on in it okay which is fine sometimes but like it didn't have a proper ending it didn't have like what a typical vlog that i do usually has but i was like it's okay but just getting into the habit of being consistent mm-hmm. right i love that That's, yeah i'm really proud of you good job for that like you know how like usually when i start editing my stuff and i add all the clips together and stuff and i like b- right before i clip everything 
you know, I'll have like an hour worth of footage and something like that. I cut it down to like 18 minutes. Yeah. This one only had 18 minutes from like of footage. So you got a one minute reel. Then yeah, it'll be a short thing, but it's okay. It's I fine. I can't wait to watch it. Just make the thumbnail really cute. Yeah. That'll be good. I want to talk about cords and wires because before we started, I'm doing better. I don't do like a full sound check and try to tweak things and edit mm-hmm. it before we start. However, I do, and I get that we were rushing to put things up, things like that. It was raining out, kind of morning got thrown off. I like cor- I like everything to be the same every single time. And I, I'm okay with that. You have to start doing it earlier, though. Like if we have someone coming in it at ten, you out? Okay. well, yeah. Well, it's also because like not to be like preppy and things like that but like if someone if we say hey come at 10 we should be ready i want it to be ready at 10 i agree you know what i mean so like that's why i was like okay well let me help you out let me grab the cores let me do this and like it might not be to how you usually do it but i was like i want it to be ready so we'll start setting stuff up earlier then like if it needs to be 30 minutes earlier that's fine you know what i mean but yeah but for example just quickly how i like it i want all the cords buttoned up right here looking nice i need velcro on the base i don't want any loose cords i need these as straight as possible Mm -hmm. you ain't that straight (laughs) and um yeah like i need all that pretty much the same but i just need it to feel right like a routine yeah what do you think that is about my brain that you're kind of like i like how you know what is it you're on it what is the word that you used like you're always so focused on that thing i do that with workouts i do that Mm -hmm. with like structured I guess, yeah, but I just, what did I say? I forgot, but I like it because if I show up to a weight room, let's say, I want that weight room spotless before I start so that I can start getting nasty in it Mm -hmm. and then getting after it and then afterwards clean it up, put it, everything's orderly. I think it also probably does have something to do with your like ADHD or whatever you have that like... I don't have anything. What are you talking about? Okay, you're not diagnosed, but you know... How your brain is no, wired. No, I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, just skip over. You know. No, what are you talking about? The way your brain is wired. Okay. I think if it shows up into, if you come in here, you're about to record and everything's a mess. Not that it's a mess right now, but like if it's messy or the weights are, like if you're working out, the weights are all fucking all the way around. Like they, they don't, they're not where they're supposed to be. Maybe your brain is like, shit, like you have to process that. And then you have to process your workout. Do you know what I think it is? Do you remember how Nikki was talking about her husband? Like we'll have the golf guys come in Mm -hmm. and they'll try to blame their equipment and products. I don't want my equipment and product to be ever at fault Mm -hmm. or even have a thought that it's like, oh, it's because my shoe was a little like if I'm in a race. I put my shoes on the exact same way I have that I do in practice. Everything is consistent and routine so that. When I lose and I'm looking back at like, oh, well, shit, how can we get better? It's not, oh, guess what? Your shoes were too loose or you didn't have your helmet strapped up properly. So that's why you couldn't see. And that's why the ball was. I don't want to be that motherfucker, Doug, that comes in and is like, oh, I missed the putt because my thing is curved or whatever. That's not how I want things. So I don't even have to think about it. When everything I know is the wires already taken care of, blah, blah, blah. Everything's orderly. I can come in and focus on creating a great show at you know that moment in time. Mm-hmm. okay that makes sense but you love this message but oftentimes i just have a hard time delivering the message to you mm-hmm. i am delivered <laughs> i'm not gay yeah. no more i don't like women yeah women 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 that's you know what a peppy i have what's up um a lot of people do this too and i do not understand why do i do it no i don't think so okay um 
when you're when you say a woman, that's one person. Yeah. Women is multiple. Yeah. Women. You know, when they say woman, but they're supposed to be like multiple of them. Oh, it pisses me off. So, I, so if they were to say like, if okay, so you're you're gonna say so there you, were so many women over there. Gotcha. Some people will say there were so many women over there. I've never heard that or. Oh my god, that. I hear that all the time. People hmm. that do not know, it's like when they don't know the difference between, um, there, there, like when they're writing. Yeah. Learn English. Mm, <laughs> I get it. I'm and that's sorry. coming for someone. That doesn't know English. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say your English is better than your Swedish? Honestly, probably, yeah, at this point. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Do you really have to teach your kids Swedish? Well, I think, okay, so my, I have a higher level of English, I think. Because you have a, a more mature brain yeah. in English. Yeah. Hmm. Than Swedish. I for like sure. That. Are you we excited? talked about that before. How I really only have like a ninth grade level of Swedish. It makes sense though. Also when like, well, obviously you speak Swedish, so it's fine. But if let's say you moved over and you're one of those old ladies that doesn't go back, then your English is, or your Swedish is outdated too. So well, that's so funny when you're like, when, if I am at church over here in Sweden, where any Swedish gathering over oh, here, you've noticed it. Yeah. And I will like speak sweet. Like they think that I don't speak Swedish. Okay. And they, um, and I will speak Swedish to them though respond to me in English. <laughs> and I'm like, we can speak Swedish. It's okay. Uh. Or so they either don't know Swedish that well, or they're like, nah, I'm just going to speak English. I'm so used to English. I'm just going to do English. So gotcha. I'm like, well, I'm speaking Swedish to you. It's not like you have to switch it over. So they're too deep. Whereas a normal person would be like, oh yeah, we're on Swedish. All yeah. right, we'll stick with Swedish. I'll meet you where you're at. Right. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Do you have to teach your kids Swedish though? Not against it, yeah. but is it, is it a lot of work or is it just simply no, you just talk to them? because I just talk to them, I think. I don't think, it's, I think it's just as easy as teaching them English. That's so cool that the brain works that way mm -hmm. uh, with like little babies. Because if you just, <laughs> could you imagine if you're like, all right, Venture, we're, Hannah's teaching Venture Swedish starting today and that's what you did. I yeah. would never retain that. Right? Yeah. It would just become like, what? Yeah. You're pointing at shit like, clean the room. What is clean the room in Swedish? Yeah, and you're just say it right now like two times, like. Mm. And then one And I'd be like, oh yeah, she wants a drum. All right, <laughs> let's go get a drum. Like, let's do something else, like another common phrase that would be around the house. Try to say it twice, and then all. So give me one time, like just something we do every day. Okay, now give it to me one more time. Can you do it one more time, please? Oh, yeah. All right. So you want, that's a hard one, babe. I don't even have any guess for it. I'm going to say, do I have to lock the door? No, it means uh, wash the plate. Wash the like plate. Like do dishes. Oh, like I, I wash the plate. I was thinking a disc. I did think about a disc. Yeah. Okay. I think well, I can do one more. Well, because a disc, yeah. that, that means sense. washing. Oh, okay. Talriken is the plate. Gotcha. So, like wash the plate. This is kind of fun. We've mm -hmm. never done this before. Let me do one more. And okay. Then we'll Something that we do around the house. Sure. Or just whatever. Um... I'm thinking it's take out of the trash, but tell me one more time. Uh, something about the room, maybe like take something and put something else in the room. It means vacuum the living room. Oh, okay. All right. Damsuga yeah. means vacuum. And then the living room is uh, vadasrumet. I like that. That was fun. Yeah. You can start screaming at me. I know. 
this again. <laughs> exactly. What else do we got? Will that here? freak you out? Yeah. No, I mean it's not like German. It's not the prettiest language, but yeah. it's not aggressive, thankfully. Yeah. Like Arabic, German, oh, and yeah. they are very like they sound upset every time they talk. Definitely. And you're like, damn, but they just like, no, I just said I love you. And you got little kids speaking. I've never heard a little kid just like <laughs> scream German. I haven't either. That'd be funny. <laughs> like, uh oh. What is he? I know how to say I love you in German. What is it? Ich liebe dich. Oh, that's cute. It still sounds aggressive, though. I love though. you, Is that a song? Mm-hmm. Mm, I like that. Yeah. What else do we got? How are you feeling? Are you excited for the traveling that we got coming up? Mm-hmm. I am. Kind of a lot, actually. Here's the thing. Hold on. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I am a little worried about the fatigue that I'm going to have because I had a lot of fatigue last year after the holiday. We're doing a lot. We're going to my family which is, you know, over in Vegas for a couple of days. And then we're coming back here for a matter of hours. And then that S side of my bad for a matter of hours. And then we're going to Europe and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. But what I'm saying is when I get back, I'm like, oh my God, that was so much. What? Cause I don't feel that. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, are you stressed out? Are you like tensed up? Like why, why do you get so tired? Why does Kino get tired? In the back of a car. He's anxious. He's t- he's like 10 step. Why? Because he's ready to go. I think that's how I feel. I feel less free, maybe. I don't know what it is. I don't... I'm just... Maybe I'm giving up control, kind mm. of, and I'm out of the routine, and it's just... Ooh, I just stopped touching that. I'm out of the routine, and it just feels a little weird to me. Mm. What do you think? That's interesting. Or here's the thing is, can I fix that? Because last time... I feel like maybe it was stressful, but not in a bad way, but just like it was stressful. Is there a way to maybe kind of take that down? Or is it just the fact that I'm in such a sensory overload of a different place? It's just such a dramatic change in environment. I think there's a lot going on for you, like environment, like people, things like that, like Kino, and then we're leaving Kino, and like there's a lot going on at at one time. Definitely. And I also don't really stress about leaving Kino. Mm -hmm. We've got a good routine with that. I figured out what it is. I don't like, I process everything here in America and I'm able to usually predict certain things. Like, okay, we're going around the corner. Oh, McDonald's. I, that, that seems like a good place for McDonald's, blah, blah, blah. We're going down in Sweden and I'm not really predicting mm-hmm. things very well, but I'm still trying to. So I end up getting more tired. So do you want to try to maybe not not predict things, but slow it down? I would like that. However, my way of doing that comes off as unengaged mm. it, because I don't really have a good filter. I mm-hmm. don't have a way to turn it down. It's like a light. It's either the light is on or the light's off. I need more of a mood, like a sexy kind of where you can dial. adjust it. Yeah, an adjustable dial. Mm. You have a very good adjustable dial. Actually, your dial is so good that it doesn't turn all the way on very mm-hmm. often. My dial is just, I don't have a dial, it's, it's mm. a switch. So. I need a dial. Yeah. What do you think about those? So instead of me, okay, we have a gathering going on. We have this. We're going to a dinner. I don't even know how to approach that. I just get tired well, of all the dinner. Well, here's the thing is I'm doing a lot more dinners than I've ever done in my life too. So mm-hmm. it's things like that. We do what? One, maybe two regularly. Mm-hmm. We don't do every night. So do you understand that or what? Yeah. Is it kind of valid? I understand that it's like, 
that it's something new or something like that you're not doing very often. Um, but I think I'm still, and I'm not saying that like how you feel is wrong. I think for me, I'm just, like I you, have a hard time understanding you being a little bitch. Yeah. How someone can get so tired by doing that. How can someone get so tired by doing that? Because it's it's not like this is the first oh. time. Or, like you've been in Sweden so many times now. This is what you're asking of me, though. I'm not somebody that's supposed to sit at a table, mm-hmm. use a fork and a knife, and like be proper, mm-hmm. let's say. That's not me. That's not where I'm comfortable. Most people, the average person is comfortable there. I don't want to do that. So therefore, it takes focus and effort for me to be like, Oh yeah, no, I can't just reach across and do this and this. I can't just scarf my food down. Oh, I have to wait for just something that's as simple as like, I have to wait for everybody to kind of get seated before Mm -hmm. we start grubbing. I just want to hear you. I make your plate. Boom. Like let's do our thing. That's hard for me. And you're like, well, I just don't understand. And I'm like, a a what in your coffee? Oh, from the bubbles. That's cute. A heart. In my coffee. But I like that. We can finish on this, but do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's hard for me to legit just go like, oh, I have to put jeans on to do this because in the spaces that I'm accustomed to and what I like to create is come as you are most comfortable. Mm-hmm. If you want to dress super nice, that's great. It, uh, you don't have to, but just you be happy. I want you to be comfortable yeah. versus your guys' way of doing things is be organized. And it's not really necessarily about comfort. It's about unity and um conformity exactly mine (laughs) is about diversity yeah and happiness i guess Mm -hmm. what i will say though i'm really 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 excited for my parents house that's gonna be fun so yeah we have a cool it's a big house big yard there's a jacuzzi how do you think it'll be different this way do you think that it's possible in the Sweden trip that I can jump in like an ice lake of some sort? If you bring somewhere? that up to my dad, he will probably love it. He's like, yes, uh, let's go tomorrow. Can every you, day. Can, oh my God. Every day. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah. Will you do it? No. What? I might die. No, you won't. Well, here's the thing. So Hypothermia what? and You're I'll Sweden. die. It's okay. Oh. I can pick another one up since we're already out there anyway. You're like, you have my life insurance. Just, it's okay. Would I have to leave immediately or would I get to like finish this stay? Would your parents like, oh, well, since Hannah's gone. No, what the out. hell? No, no. You stay as long as you need to. That's funny. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I'm really excited to go though. It'll be fun. And then we get to go see little bow how do you see it being different the, oh i thought you meant josephine's dog that's gonna no. take some getting used to definitely yeah but that's what he's he's got big shoes to fill because we already have a great bow in the family right? that's already like doing the thing yeah he's probably gonna be like what the dog yeah we should tell him he's named after the dog when he gets older <laughs> that's funny uh what is the difference going to be like a little bit just the vibe I, I think the vibe and i think because it's a bigger space it's not going to feel like we're not that like my parents are good they're they don't ever want to like force us to do things and like they give us space. But going from an apartment where everyone is a little bit more crammed and close to being in a bigger house and a bigger space where we can spread out a little bit more, I think that is is going to be a little bit different. That'll be fun. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Well, Nikki was a super cool episode. She was awesome. Hopefully she'll want to Maybe come back. Maybe when you and I need to buy a house or a condo of some sort we'll hit her up absolutely yeah all right love you love you bye bye